In verse 1, in the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. I think it's fascinating, by the way, because God took them to the desert to speak to them, which is a pattern we see in Scripture often, which is Paul, right after he had his conversion, went to the desert for three years, went to Egypt. Jesus went to the desert for 40 days, Elijah, but here we got God taking an entire group of people to the desert, which I think is I think is important because oftentimes, I don't know if you ever, maybe you've never felt this way, but I feel like sometimes I, I go through dry spots in my walk with the Lord. I feel like it's far away, it's not very exciting, it's kind of dry, and I think that oftentimes that's part of the journey. This is a place they're going to be for, uh, what is it, the next 56 chapters, Jay, that you figured out today? Um, a year. It took them three months to get to this place, and now they're going to be here for a year in this desert campsite. And God is going to say and do some amazing things. And after that, they set out from Rephidim. They entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you're to say to the house of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all of the nations you're going to be treasured, my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Those are the same words that Peter draws from, by the way, when he talks about us being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, talking about us as believers now. These are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we'll do everything the Lord has said. Did you ever do that after like church camp? Okay, God, this time I'm going to do it. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to promise you can't keep, you know? Hasn't kept us from making them over the years, right? And so Moses, by the way, Moses, the Israelites are going to blow this too, just like in a chapter from now. They're going to screw this whole thing up. But anyway, so Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them. Today and tomorrow, have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. It's an interesting choice of words, isn't it? Because on that day, the Lord will come down on the Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that, what you, that you do not go up to the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain will surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him. Whether man or animal, he shall not be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go up the mountain. After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and they washed their clothes. And then he said to the people, prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. It's interesting, by the way, that God didn't say that. Moses added that. God didn't say tell them that, for what it's worth. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. It's the third day, right? 
Notice the imaging, by the way, when you think about, and this is just a complete aside for whatever it's worth, but it was 2,000 years ago that Jesus was on the earth, 2,000 years ago that he said he would return. And Peter says that in the Lord, a day is like a 1,000 years, a 1,000 years is like a day. And uh, in the morning of the third day, the trumpet blasted in the morning of the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. And when you do the 1,000 days, it's like a year. This is the morning of the 3,000th year, the morning of the third day, which is an image that, that uh, Moses uses. It's an image that Jesus uses and an image that a ram's horn that would sound on the morning of the third day. Uh, Thessalonians uses that picture as well, right, with the picture of a trumpet that would sound that we would be caught up to meet him in the air. And they're going to be caught up as well into some clouds. Uh, this would be a different set of clouds, but for whatever it's worth, I won't charge any extra for that tonight. After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and they washed their clothes. They said to the people, prepare yourselves. Oh, wait a minute, I back up. Verse 17. <laughs> then Moses led the people out of the camp. It was like deja vu. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. It's like a big tornado siren. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of the mountain. I think of your King James, I think it says the Lord came down. And called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up and said to him, go down, warn the people so they do not force their way to see the Lord, and the many of them perish. In verse 22, even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up Mount Sinai because you yourself have warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. The Lord replied, go down, bring Aaron up with you. But the priests and the people must not force their way through to come up to the Lord or he will break out against them. Not something you're looking for God to do in your life. Break out against you. So Moses went down to the people and told them. Now, of course, the next chapter is where we get the uh, scene from, I give you these 15, 10 commandments. You ever see that movie? Come on, somebody. Oh. <laughs> Completely ruined it. And it's kind of important to realize that this really happened. Like, this isn't just some, you know, figment of somebody's imagination. Like, if you accept that God's word is <coughs> pure and perfect, that this isn't like a story. It, like, really happened. And when I read this, a few things, because often times, most times, when you're reading Old Testament especially, not only is it like a life, because for these guys, it was just their life happening, but what God was doing often is painting a picture for us for how we can live, for what we can realize from it. And there's a couple things that jump out at me. One was where they went to hear the voice of God, to hear from him. And I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I really kind of need to hear from God. And I've never had, I mean, I always, I mean, not, I don't want to discount it because it, maybe it actually happens, but I, sometimes on the TV you'll see a guy saying, oh, and God came and he said it in a voice that was audible and, and oftentimes they have a conversation with God about what God told me to do this and God told me to go buy this jet and then I did and, and, and I'm just thinking, I've never heard, it doesn't mean he didn't talk like that, I've just never heard it like that before and I've sure never heard it like a big mountain and God like thundering down like James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman. Um, 
I don't know what he sounds like. I'm mean, assuming it's a soothing. I mean, I'd like it to be James Earl Jones, if I'm being honest. Um, Morgan Freeman. I'm not feeling Liam Neeson, though, the dude from the Narnia things. I mean, that's cool, but I'm not feeling that to be God's voice. Be that as it may. Um, but God does speak to us because what we really want to know is his will for our lives, right? What do I do here? What am I supposed to do there? And we spend this enormous amount of energy on trying to figure out what God is saying to me. How do I, do I take this new job? Do I move to this town? Do I date this girl? Do I break up with this dude? I mean, what is God's will for my life? And interesting because he talks about consecration here, okay? It's an Old Testament term. You don't see it in the New Testament. Not in this sense. But it means just to be holy, to separate yourself. They went to a desert, a dry place where there wasn't a lot of interference, not a lot of distractions going on out there because there ain't a lot to do. They went to a place that was quiet. They went to a place that was alone. They went to a place where they were not, there was no outside world interference. And I don't suggest we live our lives that way, but I think that there are times to do that, times to go rent a hotel room and take the TV out and just be there with the Lord or go, you know, if you're a more hearty person unlike me, you'd go to a tent or something, you know, find the Lord, you know, because there's no distractions there. But interesting to me was this. Romans 10, uh, 12, I'm sorry, 12, verse 1, and you don't have to go there. I'll read it for you. Maybe you want to go there later. But Paul talks about how we can know God's will for our life. How do we hear God's voice? How do we know what it is? And normally when I want to know God's will, I ask him, right? God, what, do I, what should I do? What should I do? How do I do it? And Paul says this, though. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, right? Consecrating yourself. See a theme here. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, listen to this, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. If you're looking for God's will for yourself in a specific situation, man, I might suggest to you, I might suggest to me, that instead of spending a bunch of energy on God, what's your will? God, I gotta please, like begging it, like it's assuming, because when you're asking God, begging him to show his will, it's an assumed thing that it's hard to find, right? That it's hidden. I don't believe it is. And I believe instead of that energy that I spend on that, the years that I've spent on trying to figure out how to claw my way to some thing that I thought God wanted for me, maybe I should spend my time and energy on offering myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, acceptable to him, and those things, and I'm not saying legalism, but I'm saying, man, are there things in our lives that don't belong there? Are there television shows? I mean, I'm sound like a youth pastor all of a sudden, but, but are there things that are in between us and God, you know? And it's, I can't give you a list because that's up to you and the Holy Spirit. But I'm saying if you don't know God's will for your life, maybe, maybe instead of me begging for it or you begging for it, we start with consecrating ourselves, with saying, okay, God, I, I'm gonna take this stuff out of my life that I know is not of you in me, and I'm gonna offer myself as a living sacrifice, which is what a sacrifice that survives, by the way, a sacrifice that gets up off the altar is a living sacrifice. And it means that no longer do I have my rights, but I'm giving them to the Lord. I'm just suggesting that if you're struggling with God's will in your life, you don't know what God's plan is for you, just try it. <laughs> give it a year. Like a year, okay, give it three months. You know, but you don't understand, just give this a try and see if maybe there's something to this and see if God speaks to you. I know that for me personally, that this has always been a secret for me. It's like, I've never heard his voice, but his will always becomes apparent. When I, when I spend my energy on this in, in relationship with the Lord, 
that his will just becomes apparent in my life. I'd love to, you know, I, I, I hate it when I have to get, talk to a group about, you know, how do you get into the music business or how did you, and I'm just like, I don't know, is there a class for, you, you know, getting lucky? Because that's pretty much, I mean, I, I was talking to a guy this morning who's going to speak at a university today, in ORU, and he's like, um, Darren, what would you say to this class of X amount of people about music business? I'm like, well, depending on your theology, <laughs> it's either lucky or blessed. I'm not sure. But that's pretty much what I did. I didn't work at this thing. I wasn't clever. I wasn't even honestly that spiritual, but God's will was done in my life. And I think that that's really the thing. You just relax and let God's will work in your life and you don't have to uh, make it happen, so to speak, in the flesh. And I know that's a, not, a, not a very American ideal, but you know, think about it, pray about it. The second thing that jumped out at me was this. Sinai. The word Sinai, okay, this is where we're going to get the Ten Commandments. It's where we're going to get the law. It's where we're going to get thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, the whole production, okay, right here, from one to ten. The word itself means thorny, like prickly. And it's such a perfect picture of the law to me because that's what it is. I can't get a grip on it because it pricks me and it cuts me and it... And it hurts me, right? Because I can't do it, right? I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go like Kirk Cameron on you, but remember that the dude, uh, the crazy dude on TBN that talks about, you know, how many times you have to get it to lie to be a liar just once. If you lied, you're a liar, you know. I mean, that's kind of harsh, but it really is kind of true. At the end of the day, I'm a liar, right? I stole when I was a kid. I'm a thief. I remember, too, it was Travis Shanerock, and he took me into Ben Franklin. Do you guys have Ben Franklin's where you were? Well, when I was a kid, Ben Franklin was like Walmart, okay, but like the ghetto version, like the wall, small town white trash version of that. Ben Franklin and Travis Shanerock taught me how to shoplift. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go to jail, you know, and he's like shoving like Hot Wheels semis down his pants. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and he's shoving them in my pocket. So now I'm like, you know, an accessory to the crime and I'm like in third grade and I'm going to go to jail. My grandfather was a cop, which was not good because I was, you know. And I honestly wouldn't even get in my grandpa's car, the cop car. He's like, hey, can I give you a ride home? And I'm, honestly, I swear I'm not making this up. I wouldn't get in the car because I thought he was going to shake me down and take me downtown. Or I don't know what I thought at third grade, but I knew that I had committed a crime. And think about it. Like, when you just, and we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. The Ten Commandments, you know, the, we can't do it. And the picture is this, of, obviously of a thorny mountain. But look at this. The picture is of a mountain that they couldn't climb. It's one they weren't, don't even go near it. You can't do it until, until God came down. And God not only came down in the form of Jesus, right, incarnate, but he also came down on the day of Pentecost. It says the Holy Spirit came down with fire and rested inside of us. That spirit, the same spirit that can cause it like to like sneeze stars and stuff like that, like the big dude that can make it like, you know, rain fire out of the sky and scorch a mountain, that spirit now resides in me. And so it's a law, it's, it's a perfection that I can't obtain. I just can't. It's one that you can't either. And if you've ever thought you could, remember the last time you prayed the I'm never doing that again, right? We've all had those I'm never doing that again moments starting right now. And that lasts for a couple days and okay, now, starting now, never again, now. And you can't because it's the law. You can't, it's, now, but here's the thing, and this is the part that I, I want to 
So I'm going to land on this, and then I want to hear your thoughts. But the tendency, though, is to, to, to sort of make the law this bad thing, okay? Because in my world, which is the music world, I hear a lot of things, oh, that's just legalism. I don't want to, you know. And, and the truth is, is this. The definition of legalism, okay, just so you'll know, is when you add something that wasn't there to begin with, okay? For instance, Eve in the garden, when she said to Adam, she said to the serpent, I'm sorry, you must not even touch this tree, right? So he said, she said to him, said, I, I, God said, don't go to this tree, don't eat of this tree. He said not to even touch it, okay? The trouble is, is that he didn't say that. God didn't say that. He said, don't eat of the tree. What Eve did was add to God's rules, legalism. God said, don't eat it, absolutely. So Eve sets a whole new set of guidelines, which is don't even touch it. Probably a noble idea, because if you don't touch it, you can't eat it. That's her idea, stacking rules on it. I went to a Bible college that said you can't have long hair with a prominently placed picture of Jesus and his long hair. Jesus didn't say that, right? You can't add to the law, right? This, but that in and of itself, in Romans 7, it says this. Is it the law a bad thing? Is it evil? Because that's what happens, right? In, our, in my town, our town, the tendency is to say the law is bad. I'm not going to go, to, you know, I have freedom in Christ. I'm not going to do any of the, you know, it's, it, like, it just makes the law sound like it's this evil thing, right? Then there's the other side, right? The Bible college that I went to, which is you've got to keep the law to the letter of the law. And it's this idea that started in Babel, which is I'm going to build this mountain to the sky so that I can achieve holiness, so that I can achieve my own righteousness. And obviously God didn't reward it in Babel. He doesn't reward it today. Because the gospel isn't about me reaching up to heaven, being good enough, being smart enough, doggone it, people like me, Stuart Smalley. It isn't about me making it work. It's me reaching up, it's God reaching down. Because the other angle is that, that this pendulum swing of the law is everything isn't right either. But right here in the middle is this perfect picture, which is a mountain where God came down. And in Romans 7, if you do want to turn there, you can. It's, it's interesting because it says in verse, verse 7, Romans 7, 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is it bad? The answer is no. So certainly not. Indeed, I would not have even known what sin was except through the law. For I would have not known what coveting was, the Tenth Commandment. It really was if the law had not said, don't covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. Apart from the law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, Sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then, listen to this, the law is holy, the commandment is holy, righteous and good. And he talks now that sin is basically like a schoolmaster, like that mean teacher that you've all had. I had, her name was Mrs. Schlaman and she was in fifth grade. And she was meaner than two snakes. I mean, she was German Schlamann. Did you have one of those two? Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Schlamann. What was her name? <laughs> Let the record show. Let the record. 
Let the record show. Mrs. Schlaman entered into the record for mean teachers. But, you know, Mrs. Schlaman uh, was my schoolmaster, and she let me know everything I did wrong. Everything. And stuff I didn't do wrong. And she had the, the ruler. You guys probably don't do that when you were growing up, but when I was growing up 10 years before most of you guys were, they could still smack you around and not get in trouble for it. And, that, and Mr. Schlaman seized those moments. The law was that to me. With the one exception in that the law isn't the problem. I'm the problem. I'm black and I'm sinful and the law teaches me that has sounded all wrong. I'm black and dark and... I know, but it's, I understand. It didn't sound right. The reason I say that is, when's the last time you've been to the jewelry shop, okay? Guys, don't raise your hands. Um, but have you ever noticed what they put against a backdrop of a diamond? Not yellow, not even white, but a black backdrop because it makes the diamond look more beautiful. It makes it stand out even more. And to me, that's what... My heart, which it says is dark and wicked and sinful, does just that. When you put grace up against it, it makes grace look even more beautiful and more amazing and more poignant because that's what I am. And grace in me is that. And the law isn't the problem. I am. And the beautiful thing is that what Romans 8 says after this whole thing, and this is, and I, you know, I was talking maybe to one of you guys, I can't remember about it. Romans 8, the whole why do I do that, or 7, I guess, the why do I do the things I don't want to do, what I should do, I don't, what I shouldn't do, I do, and it's like, man, Paul was like me. It's like, that's my whole life. But he says then in Romans 8, is, is there, there's therefore now no condemnation. What shall we say then about all this? There's no condemnation to them that believe because that darkness in my heart is what makes grace look so beautiful. And it isn't about me reaching up, me being good enough, me getting, because that's what it is. If I can be you know, religious enough, if I can go to church enough, if I can give enough money, all those things, then, then I can achieve God's love in my heart. Absolutely not the case. In reality, what it is, is God loves me. God did reach down. God did bring grace into my life. And because of that, my response to that is that I give, I serve the poor, that I study the word, that I'm even here tonight. This is all just a response to what God did in my heart and in your heart. And to me, Sinai is just that. It's a picture of something I can't do, a mountain I can't climb. It would have been a beautiful sight. It would have been amazing to see fire and smoke and, I mean, just this, I mean, if you've ever been around like a bonfire, it's cool, right? Think about a giant mountain bonfire, okay? Like the whole flipping thing is on fire. Billows of smoke and lightning and then James Earl Jones talking to you. I mean, that's cool. For the Morgan Freeman again. But that's this beautiful thing and it wasn't the problem. But when God came down and then the beautiful picture of what, of, who was talking to them was Moses, and we've talked about this before, but Moses is a picture of Jesus, a picture of leading the Exodus, the people of Israel out of their sinful world. And so this picture of Jesus, Moses, was talking between the smoky mountain that they couldn't get to. Smoky mountain? I'm sorry. Um, I just felt the need to burst into song. Moses, this picture of Jesus coming down and communing and communicating with them. And then ultimately, because Moses came down, they were able to go up into that mountain. So that's what I see. This picture of grace, this picture of God's beauty, this picture of how I hear God's voice, all in Exodus 19. And I say to you, what do you see? Jay and I tend to have Monday morning theology uh, instant messages. I'm booking shows on them, like, you know, and all of a sudden I'll be like, I'll hear like, hello, are you there? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, 
Jada said it was 56 chapters. So what do you guys see? I mean, this is, um, that's what jumped out at me, 24 minutes of it. What about you guys? Anything? Jay, you want to warm them up? Warm me up? But it basically starts off with, for you are not come unto the mountain that might be touched, and that burns with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness, and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, etc., etc. For they could not endure which was commanded. And if so much as beast touched the mountain, it shall be done. Right? So they're saying, this is where you're not. It's a terrible city, it's a earthquake, but you are come. Hebrews what? Right. 
And it's clearly his commentary, like on that. I mean, the consuming fire, a voice that's shaking, you know, it's like, I mean, if you're looking for a great way to study the Bible, you know, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible, you know? Um, there are a lot of smart people out there that smoke pipes and wear tweed jackets that have great things to say about the Bible. Um, but the best commentary is the Bible. And yeah, it's fascinating. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that we cannot be shaken. We may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, which is a great word because our whole world is being shaken right now, all around us. Um, the economy is being shaken. I mean, poor Obama. <laughs> I mean, he goes to Europe and you got North Korea, this five foot one, you know, dictator blasting rockets into space. It's like, you know, I mean, the world is being shaken right now. I mean, it's like you talk about a, you know, reaching your hand into just a box full of snakes and hoping that, you know, you only get bit by one. I mean, that's what's happening right now. But this is a kingdom. What we're going to is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's what we have right now in our hearts, the kingdom of God. But anyway, that's great. What else? Terry Scott from Tulsa, Oklahoma <laughs> talks about... Uh, it felt like I was going into a gold bond commercial for a minute there. Terry Scott from Gold, Oklahoma, talks about gold bond medicated powder. Um, you will seek me and find me, Jeremiah 29, 13. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. God plant, provides a place of refuge for us to be with him. And Terry says that Jeremiah 29, 13. Terry also says that gold bond is a good product. So, um But you know what's so cool that we take for granted? Because we, we learned about Jesus in Sunday school and that Jesus lives in my heart. And I get it because I'm trying to explain it to my, like, you know, three-year-old. Where Jesus, how it works, and he's, like, trying to figure out, you know, unzip his shirt, trying to figure out how Jesus got in there, you know. And it's like, but we sort of, what's the word, scrub it down? I don't know how else to say it, but, I mean, that's him. The guy that can burn mountains and stuff, you know, that can split oceans and stuff. That has taken up a residence inside of us us. It's just a fascinating thought. You know, and you sing the song, Whom Then Shall I Fear? Well, duh. That's why. You know, it's like uh, what Jesus was even talking about. Don't let those, you know, that can destroy the flesh, you know, don't be afraid of them. Uh, fear the one who can destroy your soul. But I think it's in Matthew that Jesus said that. And it's such a word for anyone that is headed into, like, that are headed to Haiti, you know. There's an old uh, quote that I've heard that, um, I don't remember who it was, but you and I as believers, we're immortal until God's done with us here. We have nothing to be afraid of. Um, and when God's done with us, then we step into this new place. So it's like if you're being called someplace, go for it. You know, If you're thinking of Haiti or Africa or wherever, whom, whom shall you be afraid of? This God that can burn down mountains is your God. And if, if he is not done with you on this earth, ain't nobody that can stop you. And if he's done with you on this earth, ain't nobody that can save you. So... What do you see? What else? Anything? My deep theological Murfreesboro friends? Or? No? Everybody's been really quiet tonight. This is the snow. It's killing us. 
It's like my wife didn't want to come for the snow. She's from North Dakota. I'm just kidding. We just didn't have any babysitters. It was spring break. So. No, my wife is like not afraid of snow. She makes fun of me, and I don't think, think I am. So. Nothing? When you read this? Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily a numerology kind of guy. I think you can get into some serious, creepy stuff. Is it necessarily helpful? But by the same token, uh, it bolsters your faith to realize that this is woven all through Scripture. There's these, you know, 66 books by 40 different authors written over thousands of years. These guys didn't even know each other. It all works. It all weaves together, and it's all consistent. And when you're in early 2000, it's the morning of the third day. So, no man will know the day or the hour, but we'll know the seasons. Except for in April when it gets cold and snowy. <laughs> Other than that, we'll know the seasons. <laughs> Clearly, it had never snowed in April in Jerusalem when Jesus made a statement like that. But no. We'll know the seasons. The seasons have changed. They're changing right now in front of us, so... <laughs> Anything? I'm just kind of curious about the beginning of the I think the only thing that hit me about it was that I don't ever remember seeing it there. Like, I would hmm. think of, you know, yeah, Isaiah. And, yeah. So it kind of, I haven't kind of thought all the way through it. It's a very yeah. consistent picture that God uses throughout the Bible of an eagle. In, in, you know, it's in the same way the numbers are the same consistent pictures. Um, regular little birds are often pictures of like demonic things. Um, you see that over and over again. So it's kind of super creepy, especially when you saw that uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie. But, but eagles, on the other hand, is completely different. And I think it's because the picture of an eagle, even on this one, eagle's wings, there's children that, you know, the whole picture of the way an eagle races, it's children... The way it pushes them out of its nest, the way that it's believed that an eagle actually doesn't carry its chicklets, whatever they're called, eaglets, chicklets, with its claws, but on its back. It's the only bird known to do that um, so that it's safe from below. It's, it's uh, you know, it just climbs on the back and hangs on, and just like in the Chronicles of Narnia, rides the back of the eagle. So... Um, and there's a beautiful picture, maybe someday we'll get into it, of how an eagle even makes its, you know, pushes its kid out of the nest. Um, anyway, watch the Discovery Channel, you'll see. But yeah, it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? That's loud, isn't it? Nothing else? The delay? <laughs> the delay? The delay. That's in case I cuss, then I can delete it out of there. <laughs> um, next week, we're going to talk about uh, the Ten Commandments. And I hope in a way that you've um, never heard before. It's very relevant. Um, 
for our lives. Um, right down to the thou shalt not have any other gods before me. I mean, Jesus, keep in mind, didn't come to, he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. And this is Jesus who, when it says thou shalt not steal, he didn't steal. When it says thou shalt not have any other gods before me, he didn't have any other gods before me. That's what it means. He came to fulfill the law. And he did it perfectly uh, in a way that you or I are unable to do. And we'll, we'll talk about that next week. So, Jay, I think that the appropriate response to encountering the Lord this way is to uh, to worship him. And um, I don't know. As we worship tonight, I'm thinking specifically about a God that someday we'll get to see like this, in this way, a God that, I mean, the book of Revelation is sweet because it, you see things that are like bizarre. And someday we're going to look at that and say it's amazing. Even though right now a, a two-headed, you know, flying whatever doesn't really, like, or four-faced flying eagle kind of freaks me out. But but you know what? When I was 10, girls freaked me out too, you know? And then I became a teenager and I'm like, that's what it was all about. And I think someday we'll have like spiritual puberty and we'll get it. We're like, oh, that's amazing. That's what I was missing. Anyway, so on that note, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> All of God's men said, hey,
Lord, we um, thanks for your word. Thanks for one of the ways that you speak to us, which is through a book that is like nothing else, no other literature ever written. We've encountered you here tonight. And Lord, I personally would be reminded that in my pursuit of you, that it isn't about trying to climb the mountain to look spiritual, to obtain anything from you. You've given it all to me freely. You've reached down. You've come down for us. Might we just respond to that with acts of love? Giving back to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, The Heslips will be on a plane tomorrow from Amsterdam. Two months of uh, Europe would be plenty for me. Um, so they will, uh, I'm assuming they're flying. <laughs> I don't know, the last time we flew to Europe, I flew with them, and it was, uh, we flew on, uh, I think I told you about it, we didn't fly a coach. We flew the business class because the USO was paying for it because, you know, your tax dollars are very important, you know. So they flew us business class. And I got to tell you, there's a reason they closed the curtain between uh, coach and they don't want you to know what's going up. There'll be a revolt going on from the coach people because, I mean, everything that's going on in coach, on a, you know, it's all about bothering somebody to get, you know, but I mean, up front there, they're like, can I get you more, of, you know, anything? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll take it all. But anyway, um, so I'll just say, I don't know. I've, I haven't flown internationally since that flight, so I don't know if I can go back. I'm going to have to, but... Because flying to Africa, that was not business class, and D Boy was not feeling that. That was, I mean, Grandmaster D. That was my hip hop. It's my hip hop name. Just trying to be culturally relevant, right? Uh, Africa was 24, 25 hours of flying time. This is what I'm saying. But when you get to Brussels, you're not almost there. Like, there's another, like, a layover in Rwanda, like, like Hotel Rwanda, you know what I'm saying? And then, oh, well, that's your own fault. But that's your fault, though, because you're going to see Michael Jackson. We're all sitting around here acting. We're all sitting around here acting like Teresa ain't flying to London to see Michael Jackson with Philip. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, um, so uh, there's a fancy bucket somewhere uh, we'd love to have one we just gave all the money away uh, the offering in the can we create one out of the Legos real quick um, so the Lego offering bucket uh, so many that are actually even watching tonight have been a part of giving to what we're doing and if you are looking for a good place to uh, invest in the kingdom, <laughs> we give all of the money away. Um, we have uh, $800 that we're giving away to Haiti this month. 
and there's $300 in the 10% account, and we're going to flush that as well. So you're going to take that to them. 96.5% uh, of the money that we took in, we give away. It would be a lot higher, but PayPal fees. I was trying to figure out, what do we spend 3% on? PayPal fees. Those uh, hosers at PayPal take our money. Um, absolutely, it's a convenience fee. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I paid for that, though. I don't mean to, whatever. So that's not coming out of, that was really, I shouldn't have said that. See, now I lost my blessing. Jesus said you can't talk about that stuff, and now I can't, anyway. Um, so yeah, I, but I reserved it for like 10 years, so we're golden. For like 200 bucks for 10 years. So anyway, all that to say, uh, we're about $10,000 away from finishing this house in Haiti. Um, it doesn't look like anything you or I would want to live in. But it's going to be amazing for about 100 kids. Uh, and we joke about it here, but in the music business, we do lunch. You have the opportunity to do lunch with kids in Haiti. You won't get to be there, but you can do lunch for a month for 15 bucks. Um, feeds a kid for a month. I can't even feed my kids. Well, I can at Costco. For one meal at Costco was $14. This is true. I have a lot of children. God said to be fruitful and multiply, and just in case he was serious, we did. Um, two times two is four, so we multiplied. Some of you guys add, but we multiplied. So uh, that said, the offering bucket is here. We do have donations online at conduitmission.org. If you're feeling pressure from me, you don't have to give, because God says don't give out of pressure. So uh, there you have it. Um, Two times two equals six? No, that's Jason Cole. That's Smyrna math, dude. Offering. Okay. What? No? <laughs> Jason, Cole is do Jason Cole is doing Smyrna math. Um, oh, no, because he says I got six kids. So it's two times three. I got, I mean, no, six of us total. What's he saying? What? I don't have six kids. I got, I got four kids. I have the dogs, the hounds. Tomorrow, you have what? Have no pets. No, are you still professionally homeless tomorrow? What are you? What's yeah, up with that? Yeah. Hey, if you need a couch, I mean, it's kind of a long drive. But... Yeah, it's kind of a long drive. Yeah, Jay's been house sitting the kitties. Which better man than me? Way better man than me. Um. Uh. Okay. I think we're done. Should we have like dismissal music? <laughs> dismissal. You're dismissed. It's like we're in Sunday school. You're dismissed. Um, I am because it's Easter. I don't know. My boss is a jerk. It's like. We could do lunch. Do you? The only thing that could have... So you really are doing like a Good Friday lunch? No, because Shannon didn't come and she has the checks. Oh. 
No, because I want Phil like still on his credit card. Let me text my wife. Where do you work? Like, is it in Franklin? Yeah, I'm in Franklin. Okay. Yeah, I'm right um, for others in Cold Spring Boulevard. That's right by my office. Yeah, I've been to your office before. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I haven't been to yours. You, well, we'll do correct. you want to come to Franklin Workers' Lunch tomorrow? We will rectify that. What is it? Franklin Workers' Lunch. There's a Franklin Workers' Lunch? Yeah. It sounds like a communist organization. I don't live in Franklin anymore. Like the Franklin Workers' You work in Franklin, you can go. <laughs> I could fake it. I do work for him. He does. I retain his services. Is this still yes. recorded? Uh, yes, it is. Thank I'm God, trying to make it not. That's one of the only things keeping me up. Cue <laughs> clip. So, yeah, Shannon's got. So, uh, okay, so she'll take the check to fill it tomorrow for the airfares and then the other check to you. What? 300. What other check? So he told me to split it in two to do 467 to him because the airfares are on his uh-huh. credit card. And the other 300 to New River. Yeah. Right? We can totally do that. Or if you want to put it all through conduit, you can just give us the 300 cash. Because I did put it through conduit. Like Because we're just, all we're going to do is like take that out and get cash, and that's our ground fees. Oh, okay. There. That's how that works. So you can just give us $300 cash. So just cash. give you cash. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do that. Yeah. The only reason I we're putting it through New River is tax deduction. Right. So. Which is why I put it through conduit. Which keeps all we, my tax deductions um, in one place. At this point, we're like, we should have just done it off. Oh, really? Is that's why I was like, is that recording? <laughs> no, I've got it off now. Is it really, is it been a pain? Well, it's just a pain, you know, like working with Pam, like we kind of got a system down now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so like. It's haphazard, but it works, yeah. Well, no, it totally does. And I yeah. can call her and I know, like, yeah. you know, but trying to do it like this way now is like, oh, okay, we should have stuck with what we were going to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> We got all, and it's officially, by the way, not just a church. Now it's a five hundred one c three, straight up. Like, cool. So, so next year for the ball, that'll be yeah, great because yeah. we can do more. Say the words, five hundred one c three. Yeah. We're cleaning out the storage room at New River, and uh, one of their storage containers is an old road case. Are you serious? Dead serious. Yeah. I had to take a picture. I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, that was the guy I was talking about. John Breland from Truth. Like, right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's funny. That's really funny. I think this is the only thing in the, All right, we're for the offering. What's but that? It's, this is my offering. <laughs> okay. But Make that, that was the only thing. So. Um, it's just going right okay. to camp. What, what I worked out with her is like the money that we're collecting right now for the house, we're going to take down in cash so we can actually buy the stuff for the house. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she's just no, collecting it all, like, and then I'm going to get cash This would be the kick, and this would be the snare. Like, yeah. This is the house money. Instead of bothering with the checks and right. all that. Well, we do have a second keyboard. I think I'm going to make my kids do a lemonade stand this weekend if it's warm okay. enough. Yeah. We'll park them out in our neighborhood yeah. to build a house in Haiti. Yep. Um, so if there's anything like you want us to bring down there cash wise, if you tell her like she can put it with that money that we're got gonna we're gonna withdraw right before we go. Okay. So we've got a bunch that people have fundraised that I've given her last week, I think I gave her cool. like seven hundred dollars. So. We're getting close. Wow, it's exciting. I know, I'm really fired up. So. Yeah. Cool. And I'm right. fired up to go to a missions trip that doesn't require 24 hours of flying time. So. No, it's, it's closer like than going most places in the U.S. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I can get there faster than to Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. I'm Darren. I'm Bonnie. Bonnie, it's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Are you from? Here. Franklin? Here. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> So 
break this week right now for uh Yeah. 
Excuse me. Greenville. Greenville. Yeah. Say Greenville. Yeah. You know the band? No. It's a good name. They changed to Go Mango. Oh, this is the, the, the dance we went to. Come here, you might see us. The conduit? Yeah, we're on there somewhere. Oh, he was awesome, too. He was like, break dancing. He's freaking sweet at dancing. He's an awesome dancer. Watch your body, like, see him on here. Let me bust out a little beat for him. Go change. I told him we were cooking in burgers tomorrow. Sweet, yeah, we're cooking food. Oh, if it's raining, I'll cook you food anyway. Where are Just we? Just because I love you. We okay. were there. So I didn't know. Is that I like gave myself a haircut. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. That looks good. It's not bad. We were I, dancing. I did see Kind of. No. What? We were dancing like this. <laughs> okay. I look pretty still. Okay. Well, oh, no, that's not me. We're on there somewhere. I through the whole room. Hey, Breezy. Right no, we're right in the there. back, though. Yeah, oh, that's Jay. Watch him. Watch him. Wait. Jay's pretty sweet. Move, dude. <laughs> That's who is that? That's um, Tyler. Is that Tyler? He's yeah. In the way. Yeah. He's in the band. He isn't he dating uh, Julia? No. Oh no, really? Just I, really I guess they're like, like really awesome. They're like what family. The? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and now we're into the Haiti commercial. <laughs> Haiti. <laughs> Roller. It's good to meet you, Jeff. Adam. It's my wife, Robin. Hi. And one of my best friends, Alexa. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. Doing good? Yeah. yeah. Staying warm. Trying so, to. How do you guys all know? I mean, have you been friends with her? She hated me. Good to meet you. When they first met, they hated each other. No, I've been friends I hated with her. Oh, and she she was indifferent. Hate's a strong word. I, uh, no, it was like straight up loathing, like deep seated. Because I was homeless and I was living with them, and her, he was roommates with her boyfriend, and so she was like, ex boyfriend. Well, oh, yeah. like the, the flame. Oh, no, flames are deserving. Ex boyfriend. I'm sorry. Anyways, she and I, Alexa and I, have been friends since I was like, Forever. yeah, like 14, 15. Dude. Yeah, we grew up together. That was awesome. Oh, is that the dude getting... No, oh, no wait, what is wait, that? Well, no, they didn't show it. Dude, like, turned his back. Oh, yeah. Thing. I love random uh, soccer videos. Yeah, we're really good friends now. Yeah, they're like really best you. friends. BFF 4E? Yeah. 4E. Best friend forever. You guys want to go to Sonic? Sonic. Oh, our, our beer. Have I heard a, beer. We have a steak and shake date. Yeah, we do have a steak and shake date with a friend in the borough. Uh, what time? I don't know. It, they're open 24 hours, but she has an English test, or a history have, test. No, I have a music test. No, no. Gina has a history test. She has art history. I'm, I'm, she's not old enough to get beers. I'm old enough to get beers. He's my legal guardian. But, I can. Oh, yeah, she can, actually. Technically. Wait, really? For real? If you're, married if you're married and your spouse is under 21 and the other spouse is over 21, yeah. legal guardianship carries over. Maybe I should have done that when I was like 14. <laughs> Did you get married at 14? I don't like alcohol, so it doesn't really matter. In the 1950s, you could have. <laughs> I love Jay. <laughs> Jay's the sword. I've officially determined. Yeah, instead of saying that. We say oh, S word, but it's great. sword. Except he says it like sword. Because I'm weird. Sword. 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 
Kumquit. Why are you saying it's weird? Oh, Brian, don't be weird. There's not even an H in there. Good lord. Leave me alone. Themes for Mule Day. Oh, that was during the hurricane. Hurricanes are fun. Oh, that's awesome. The last night? I thought it was earlier this week. Well, yeah, that too. Last night, this the barrel had a tornado class. warning. Wouldn't that be great? Morning, Are you going to make shorts? Oh, you can make yeah. shorts, put it on yeah. the shorts. Heck yeah, you know what would be great? Is if somebody live, made a pair of those pants that always say, like, Under a bridge. No. That would be funny. You know, I'm kidding. I know. Well, here's the deal. I, uh, I'll probably. I'm going to stay with yeah. my friend Tom. He created it. He lives in. He wrote it. Jeremy and Amber are going out of town again. So I'll probably go back there for a few more days. Which is so ridiculous. There's a parade out of Jesus' ass. <laughs> I don't know what's going on while they're here because they've got like their camper, so I don't know if they want me to stay with them or like they. Leave it to me. She and I, just Robin and I, had a conversation the other day about whether or not Jesus ever. How far is it? Because he was a man and God created men certain ways, you know, and whether or not Jesus actually like looked at Mary and said, "Oh wow, she's hot," you know what I mean? Like we had a whole forty-five minute conversation and it ended with the whole question. That was it, and I was like, "It's not a bad drive." Seriously, I've never heard that before. It's because the burrow. It's one of those things. There's no way to be right off the exit. Like, you have to, like, dive into. You know, or wine. You know, hung out with tons of people. It's like, come on. Did Jesus ever think, like, Mary Magdalene was hot or something? You know what I mean? I brought that up the other day. Yeah, you did. And then it went to. No, then it went too far. And then I said, I'm going to go in before lightning strikes you. But, anyways. I mean, he's must have been able to at least appreciate the, 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 the beauty, beauty of a woman. Man, man I created a no, hot chick. No, what, what I said was if Jesus was the perfect man, I wonder. Oh, okay. Anyways, anyways. There's nothing wrong wow. with that. If he was the perfect man, I mean, hey. Was he the perfect man? He's like, I'm gonna go in the house before lightning strikes. I'm standing there like. It's it's a perfectly valid question, I think. I didn't ask it, and I wasn't like, oh Jesus. At the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we're talking about sex, right? (laughs) Hey, so we dropped a five, and I'm now defunct a conduit Lego box. Okay, we have we have Sting Shake Day. It's like nine o'clock. Okay, uh, I have all right. Next you know week. what? You know what? Next week to to supplement our non beer night this evening. Tomorrow I shall get beer with the burgers. She's not gonna be there. You shall have to come over at some point and have beer and burgers with us. Beers and burgers and beers when it's sunny. I'll make you a sea breeze. Oh my gosh. Yes, you'll get a sea breeze. Come over for stir fry night. Are you guys going to go? Oh, hey, so, Chinese food. Oh, my husband's Chinese, so we can make the best. Really? My aunt's Chinese. That's right, you did get married. Yeah. I completely forgot. I'm sorry. Chinese. I'm an ass. I like the What's your Chinese aunt's name? Ming. Ming? Ming, M-I-N, yep. What about her last name? Liu. L-I-E. Oh, yeah. My husband's name is Sudi. It's a total of four letters for his entire name, first, middle, and last. Yep. Why can't Americans be that simple? I mean, seriously, it's I like know. we have to make things so complicated. Oh, what about the 
uh, Indians or something who's like got like six names. Yeah. All the Mexicans. You know? I can say that I'm half. You can you're say not, you're Puerto Rican. Are you half? I'm half Latino. Yeah. I'm oh, half Puerto that's Rican. Not, half oh, Irish. Oh, but I, hey, Puerto Ricans are more finer than Mexicans are. Yes, they are. That's as far as my Spanish goes. For real? I grew up. I grew up hearing it all the time. Yeah, I have no clue. Wait, wait, wait! Say it again. Amigo's friend. Something with me. Good. With with. Are you with my friend. friend with me? Are you a friend of mine? It means like like will you go out with me like as friends? That kind of thing. Oh okay. <laughs> like you want to you want to go hang out? Like want to go hang out? Like that kind of. We can tag team that. Jeff, we have to go, honey. Okay, let's just go. It was nice to meet you. What? Are they? I don't know. They're probably going to the top. Yeah, there's. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm all right with that. So I think my dad just signed a job with Compassion International as their head of Radio Creative Services Department. Really? Yeah, if he did, I'm totally hitting that sucker up for a Mac. He's upgrading to a MacBook. I'm going to be like, okay, um, I do work for you. You want to exchange? So what do you want when you do... Any kind of thing musically is yeah. Uh, yeah. Garage Man? Well, for me, logic? when I I have Logic on here. Yeah. I have Logic Pro. Yeah. They want I believe so. Logic eight. Yeah, it's a new game. Yeah, I just don't play. So you can play with that. Pro Tools is more than enough of a bear for me. Well, but that's the thing, logic is so once you get into it, it's so much better. I've well, I mean, I've tried Logic, and I mean, honestly, I like Pro Tools a lot better. Plus, it's an industry really? standard for what I do. For radio, yeah, for radio, and for uh, like music production, that kind of stuff. Pro Tools is the industry standard. A lot more people use Pro Tools. No, not for long. Logic is is definitely better. Let's see. Uh, that and I already have Pro Tools, and I don't have use This is. Nor do I have a Mac. This is me using the microphone. But this is what I do when I got some idea. I just, just kind of DDI. I had no idea. I was just straight on I just use the mic. Oh, really? I don't, yeah, I don't know. You know? So, can we go here? Because you don't have to just take me um, Samson. Yeah, I have to go Yeah, cool. Um,
Okay. It's like a straight shot. Okay. It's like a straight shot. Hey, um, there was something I was really going to ask. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to make Hey, Darren. Bye. Yeah. It sounds good. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll contact you about hooking up or something. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I mean, adios. Adidas. So hungry. So hungry. I know, Jason. Do you need some help? They used to rent from me. They said we have an office and they rented from us for four years now. So we have a
This is the last picture. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a work, work, uh, work social life measure. Right. So I'm trying to wait. No, this is I'm trying to figure out if they're going to be able to kill. I feel a little bit better. I was talking to some of the boys and I think they're probably going to die. PSLs, there you go. Public seat. Yeah, that's right. Well, you you, you got to give an extra ten percent to sit this week, and the uh, it's a great problem to have. I mean, I've been in a church where that wasn't a problem uh, at all. Um, anybody at Father's house right now? That's not an issue. That's what was going on, Maddie. Samson was trying to protect me. Funny thing is, is that Cowboy wasn't just rolling over either. He was right back at him.
Sorry.
your day Shannon. Um, I had a couple visitors. A lot of people online about it. Um, that's in my bag.
sorry, what now? I mean, they have it at the bank then. You kept all of it hard copies. 